Hey, Chad here, co-host of The Hillbilly and the Hipster. And I want to let you know that this episode's been brought to you today from the makers at St. Galgano Armory. And I encourage you to visit their Etsy store to order blacksmith merchandise. And you can do that by going to etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And Galgano spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And a portion of all proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I want to let you know that if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll receive 10% off. And this is some great veteran-forged, made-in-America stuff. I mean, I'm really looking to order myself a couple of these bottle openers and rebar and railroad spikes. So check them out. Again, it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll sub yourself 10%. Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I'm joined as always by a very apparently sleepy Andy Crow, my brother from another mother. Andy, wait, before you say anything, i got to tell you something. I oh, wow. I spent some time. I, I, I go through some ministry coaching with the this guy Chad Brooks. Chad's the uh, he's known as the um, productive pastor on Twitter, and and uh, he's got a podcast. Good guy, solid. So we shout opened up. Yeah, shout out productive pastor. Shout out Chad. Um, he opened up our our call last week. He's like, I got to ask you a question that has nothing to do with this. He's like, Are you? The hillbilly or the hipster? And I said, I'm supposed to be the hipster, but I think I might be more hillbilly than Andy. So maybe we have to suss this out. Am I still the hipster? Are you the just because you live in Kentucky? <laughs> well, I think when we when we discuss this, you were the hipster because you were this Jersey, Colorado, East San Francisco boy. And I was the hillbilly because I'm, you know, from nowhere, Kentucky. Uh, but now, as we've gone on with this, uh, why not both? <laughs> like, I think I'm I'm going to embrace both because this summer I'm going to go run a trot line with my dad and probably do some jug fishing. Yeah, I, uh, and you'll still wear your skinny jeans. <laughs> You're gonna wear skinny jeans while you're running a trot line. I think it's it's a beautiful thing. I own no skinny jeans, just for the record. Uh, when you're as big as I am, sometimes all your jeans look skinny. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Chad Brooks calling me out for being a pansy. I appreciate you. No, he um, didn't. I did. <laughs> oh, well, Chad McCool. Um. No, I, I think I think really we both are a little bit of both. I think so. Which I think makes this an enjoyable relationship because we both make fun of each other for the stupidest things and then we're like, hey, uh, you want to go cow tipping? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did tell Chad, I was like, well, the one thing I know that I'm, I definitely got the hipster brand because I was like, I took Andy to a coffee shop and Liberty, Missouri, in this little hipster enclave, and it was a total hipster coffee shop. And I remember Andy, I remember you walked out, and then you, I think you're on the phone with Dr. Wife, and I think you told me, 
that you told you told Doctor Wife on the phone. He's like, I have found Chad's element. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I have been in some awkward situations and awkward places in my life. Um, I I worked at Disney World, and so uh, I I was there for Pride Week at one point. Um, I now that's just called week every yeah, week at Disney. Was, oh, Tuesday. Um, we need to I, edit now. I mean, I have been kicked out of sporting events when I was in college. I, I've been a part of some, I've been, I felt really awkward in certain situations. Um, I could say I've never felt more awkward in my own skin as I did in that coffee house. <laughs> like I just, I don't, it was horrible. Uh, great coffee, I assume. Although I didn't get coffee, I got tea. And then the best part. I said, you guys, and then they asked you like, "What is that?" Or I, I said, like that. "Yeah, could I get could I get tea?" And they're like, "Oh, what kind?" And I go, "I go the drink, the one you drink." They're like Earl Grey, or, or and they named off six different kinds, and I just remember looking at them and then looking at you. And and I go, think I answered for you. I just said, Black. Was, you, you most certainly did." Because I had no clue what to say. I just knew what I wanted, and they didn't. You know, like a week after we were there, that building collapsed. I was about to say, didn't it fall down? It did, yeah. That building collapsed. What happens when you get too many hipsters in one spot? <laughs> Look uh, at the economy. Look at the economy. Is it too soon to make economy jokes? Yeah. Okay, good, because I've got plenty. I mean, when you get a bank that collapses and there's only one board member who has any banking or financial experience. They all took a bonus. Yes, that's kind of a that's kind of a doomsday prophecy right there. Also, um, I don't want to get overly political, um, but I'm going to for a second. So March Madness is is around us, and while I'm oobs excited about the World Baseball Classic and what's been going on there, uh, today, as of recording this, is day one of the NCAA tournament. Uh, my bracket is already ruined. I've already lost a Final Four team, um, and, and I think two Sweet 16 teams. Um, so that's fun. But uh, President Biden... <laughs> Released his bracket like an hour late after. The <laughs> Is he trying to be Obama? Because wasn't yeah, that the big has... thing? Everybody wanted Obama's bracket. So he he released his like an hour or so late. So the games had already started, and he's like, "Oh, let me get in the." He had Arizona winning everything, and they lost. Like number two overall seed, you're the highest rated number two seed. Uh, and and they lost, and uh, I thought, man, if that's not an omen for our country and what's going on right now, ain't nothing else is. All right, so we might have some sports talk tonight because you know I I know the last episode I know we missed last week because you know you got ill and I was yeah. I was tired and couldn't record the second time we hit back up because I wanted to just go to sleep. That's the first time in my life I've ever had food poisoning, and for those listening. Uh, zero out of ten. Don't recommend. 
Food poisoning is rough, bro. But uh, back to the NCAA tournament. Somebody, somebody, have you checked on our our good friend Dave Rawls? Like, is he okay? Uh, I'm pretty sure his bracket's busted with Arizona going. Well, I know his bracket's busted, but you know he went to Arizona. Uh, huge, huge Arizona fan. Um, so he he's probably in the fetal position, crying right now. And I'm Cinderella story. But at least his team was good enough to make the tournament this year. So, I got a hot take for you. I love hot takes. Give me all the hot takes. Uh, do we need to do business before we do hot takes? We do, because I do have a hot take for you, and I did want to talk to you about my my, my uh, and maybe we could finish with I'll talk to you about my process in finding an NFL team. But Andy, we are about business, so let's do some business. Yeah, let's take care of some business first. You know what? You know what this is brought you know what you know what brings this show to you every week besides the the awesomeness that is my face and Chad's hair? Uh, it because those play factors. But one of our biggest supporters is St. Galgano Armory. And St. Galgano Armory, they are a, an organization that makes uh, forged blacksmith materials, hooks, uh, knives. He's starting to, to figure out how to make some door knockers. So when that happens, uh, I'm pretty oh, excited about those. I want that just to pretend I'm Scrooge. Right, and so he uh, he was going over some ideas with me on those, um, just all kinds of some awesomeness. So uh, we encourage you to go check them out, uh, Saint Galgano. Uh, you can see him on Etsy. He's on Instagram. He's on the Twitter. Uh, definitely go give him a shout out. Go look at what he's got. A portion of every uh, item sold will go back into the com- community uh, some way, shape, or form. Um, I know he is looking at different organizations to donate to. Um, I know he switches those up every so often just so he can uh, help as many people as possible. And so, great dude. Uh, we've had him on the show before. Uh, I work with him on a daily basis, so that's fun as well. I think but we'll definitely- have him on again, too. Say it again? I said I think we'll have him on again, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, but just an overall great dude. So I encourage you to go go check him out, see what he's all about. Great, great products. Yeah, and you can check out the merchandise at St. Galgano Armory by going to Etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Galgano spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And use the code Hillbilly. That's still a thing. You use the code Hillbilly at checkout and you can get 10% off. Through the end of this month. Through the end of this month. Through the right end of this now, month. it is March 16th. Um, I do know that a dude got business cards, and they look slick. Oh, nice. They look slick. So. Yeah, so check them out. It's uh, at St. Galgano on Twitter, and, and they're on Instagram. And like I said, Etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Andy, all over the Twitter. All over the Twitter. I got, it, I got it, you know, I think about three weeks ago, I, I decided uh, to get my foot back or my toe back in that pool. And then I realized that that pool of Twitter is, it's just basically a toxic 
tire fire. <laughs> a good tire fire is always fun, though. <laughs> and I saw buzzing around it there the last couple of weeks. There's some somebody keeps retweeting these. Uh, uh, it's a picture, and I'm sure I'm supposed to know what it's from. It's some cartoon guy, and he's like got a bunch of knives and swords pointed at him, and I have no idea where it comes from. But basically, it was like. I know I'm going to botch this, but basically, what's the what's the one thing you'll say to put you in this position, right? So basically, you're like, what's your hot take to make everybody go, huh? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> so so many people. So I'm going to start. My hot take is I could not care less about March Madness or people's bracket. Well, this concludes this episode <laughs> of the Hipster. Uh, you can find us on the Twitter. Um, so, yeah. You're a little weird, and that's fun. <laughs> no, so, uh, there are years that I'm way more excited about it. Oh, I'm never, uh, ever. Like, if my schools are in it, maybe I'll have a little interest, but they never are. I have no interest whatsoever. So, like, for example, in, I think it was 2010, I could be wrong, but 2010 sounds right. Uh, when Northern Iowa beat Kansas, who was the number one overall seed for us to go to the Sweet 16, um, I may or may not have fallen through a coffee table at the furniture store that I worked in. You did. I can, ver- um, I can verify that through account. That, yeah, that's verifiable. I did fall through. Um, me and an old man, who I really thought I broke his hip, but we were, he hugged me laying on the floor, so he was fine. Um, so there are years that I get excited. There are years like this year that my team's not in it. I'm just here for the upsets and to laugh at other people's misfortunes. So, but every year, Doctor Wife and I fill out a bracket and we do a bet. Um, and when we first started, it was like, "Oh, I'll get a new hat, or you can get a new ring, or something." I don't remember. Uh, and then it, when we had kids, it was, oh, you don't have to change diapers for a week if you win this. Well, that's high stakes. Um, it was. And uh, then it morphed into, okay, winner does dishes for a week. And now it's just for smack talk. Um, and the, the funny thing about it, like, I overanalyze everything when it comes to March Madness. Like, I read all of the the – you know, the, the, the smart people stuff. And I go through and I'm like, okay, this is the 12, 12, five seed, you know, the 12 is going to, at least one of them are going to. And so like, I overanalyze everything. And then Ashley's like, uh, that team looks cool. Pick. And I, two out of every three years, Dr. Wife wins. Yeah. And I have to, to eat crow. But, uh, my hot take. Uh, I know, like, there was a. I used to work, I, I work. I spent a lot of my time, my secular life, working in software. And this one company I worked for, we did nothing during around, especially these first two days, the first round of March Madness, because if we had to do a build or anything, we just, the whole network drained. And I used to be like, why can't you dudes just all go in a conference room and watch these games together? Why do you have to watch them simultaneously at each of your desks and suck the pipeline of our bandwidth? I'm pretty sure the last three years, the opening two days, the first Thursday and Friday, 
Dave and I, and I think Jason Starr. Shout There's, out Jason Starr, friend of the show. Shout out Jason Starr. He's probably never listened. He's but not I, watching match, March Madness. He's watching the other tournament that where Indiana State's the first seed. Yeah, but they don't play till Friday, so oh, forget that. Um, but anyway, we we would go and we would go to a sports bar there in town, and like we'd have a staff meeting, and our staff meeting consisted of sitting at the bar, having a drink. Like I would drink ungodly amounts of sweet tea, um, and eat more wings that I could shake a stick at, and then would watch basketball all day. But we would, in between like games or commercials, we would talk church stuff. So we could legit have the staff meeting, but we were Thursday and Friday. That's where you could find us. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I know. I heard a lot of people talking about it today. Um, I have a cohort that I'm a part of on Thursdays, and I, I think we were a little light today because I think those guys loved March Madness more than meeting. Because I had my iPad at work today. And I was I was duty officer. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a parole officer. Um, and then we rotate days throughout the month where if something happens, you're the one that has to deal with it. Uh, today happened to be my day to be duty officer, um, and I did it to myself. I signed up for it like an idiot. Um, and so, but I've got my iPad in my office, and I'm watching I'm watching one of the games. And all of a sudden, one of my coworkers like, "Hey, we gotta we gotta detain a guy. Could you?" Could you come help me? I was I was upset. I was like, <laughs> the game is on, and I have to go put somebody in handcuffs. This is stupid. So we could do this two ways. We could talk about some hot takes, like what are some of yours, or I can give you some of mine. And by the end of this episode, there'll be a new podcast next week. There'll be the hillbilly, and then on another podcast, there'll be just the hipster because we'll break up. Yeah, this is this could be the beginning of our end. Uh, I'll give you my my one. Like, so when we were when we talking about wanting to do hot takes, I have all kinds of hot takes until somebody asks me for a hot take. Yeah. Um, and so I'll give you the the most like one that I get yelled at the most for. Wait, let me go through our text messages. I'm sure I could find them for you. Well, they have to be podcast eligible too. That's that's another disclaimer. Um, I think Star Wars is overrated. Everything about Star Wars is overrated. Um, Doctor Wife, uh, I know you're going to listen to this episode, um, and know that I love you more than life itself. Uh, and I really don't want to sleep on the couch or get hit. So I know that you love Star Wars, but it's trash, garbage, hot garbage, if you will. Right now. I know we have a another friend of the show, Alex, friend of mine here who you know, who, who if he ever did listen to this podcast, is no longer going to listen to it after what you just said. Yeah, I'm probably no longer uh, invited back to his house for awesome chicken sandwiches and milkshakes. Um, Those were courtesy of me, though, so I'll supply us for them. Yeah, but they were in his house. <laughs> I, brought, I broke bread with him and his wife. We're all friends now, but not evidently not anymore that I... Just like Star Wars. Well, in Alex's case, as long as you keep the holy grail of Star Trek, okay, then you'll be you'll be at least invited back. If you kill Star Trek, do you're out. 
here's hot here's hot take about Star Trek. We <laughs> we're we're doing this. Let's just rip the band. Uh, the only Star Trek that I will ever agree to watch and smile and half enjoy it is Star Trek The Next Generation. If it is not John Luke Picard, the reading rainbow guy who I can't remember. LeVar Burton. LaForge on the show. Jordy LaForge. If it's not Picard and LaForge. And Data. And uh, uh, Worf. I don't want it. And really, Lieutenant Worf is my favorite character that Klingon. Yeah. You know way more than I do. Man, what is the show? It's probably not one that I should be watching, but I did. He, the Orville, Fox, the guy that created uh, Family Guy. Okay. Made a spoof of Star Trek, and it's called The Orville. Okay. And when I. No idea. But you gotta. You're gonna have to figure it out and watch it. So here, another hot take: the Oracle is better than Star Trek. <laughs> Way more entertaining than Star Trek. <laughs> All right. So now that you've uh, you've vilified yourself to half to half the world of your gen- of our generation, this is why I'm not on staff anywhere. Because you hate Star Wars. I hate Star Wars. And they're like, well, you can't be a real youth pastor if you hate Star Wars. <laughs> you hate Star Wars. What do you love? Star Wars is Disney now, so you kind of have to like them. Now, my youngest, him and, and Dr. Wife, like, there are nights that they're after dinner. They're like, "All right, well, we're going upstairs. Are we not going to watch? You know, we're not going to watch our show." And Doctor Wife's like, "No, uh, this is coming on. I think it's like season three of The Mandalorian." The Mandalorian, yeah. And so Doctor Wife and Captain Young Kid, they uh, they go upstairs and they watch that. And my oldest will sometimes they'll come down and we'll watch wrestling. Uh, but most of the time, he ditches me for his friends playing PlayStation. And I'm just like, well, at least the dog loves me. You're all alone. And me and Cedar sit down here and watch sports. You're all alone. All by myself. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to play with Andy. That's the story of my life, man. Um, I'm about to have a theological hot take in my, in my sermon this Sunday when I preach through Daniel 7 and I kind of just blatantly tell them from the pulpit that the rapture isn't real. Man. So I say it's not biblical. I may be fired. Man. We're about to start a new podcast called Two Broke Pastors. Yes. I, 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 that, that'll that be a hot take, but that's not really a hot take. That's just, that's just legitimate. Just oh, my hot take there, you need to fired is that Chick-fil-A is overrated. Straight to jail. So we'll come back to Chick Fil A, um, because I got opinions for days. Um, by the way, my favorite tweet going around is I want to start a chick uh, food truck and park in Chick Fil A's parking lot and just be open on Sundays. <laughs> be called the side chick. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's I, I love it. Every I I never not giggle at that when it pops up. 
anyway, let's go back to this. Uh, I mean, I figure since we're a spiritual podcast, I think uh, we should probably we should probably focus on that first. Let's go back to your hot take on, uh, you know, you not liking the Bible. Um, <laughs> Wait, are you taking pro rusher stance? No, no, I'm definitely taking a, a, a opposite of pro rapture stance. I, I do not uh, believe in the rapture. I do not think it to be biblical. Um, but so many people, especially in our tribe, do. Um, so of a let's certain generation about, in particular. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So let's let's talk about that. What? So for those who aren't li- those who aren't listening, they probably don't care. For those who are listening and don't know, what is the rapture, Chad? Well, the rapture is when, you know, according to every depiction I've seen, right, the rapture means um, when the second coming of Christ, all the believers are going to get disappear, and there's going to be a neat little pile of folded clothes where you once were. Man, if I swear, somewhere around the 1st of April, so the last couple weeks of this month, and then for about two weeks into April, I bet 15 people send me a meme that says the youth pastor fell asleep. So we laid clothes all around and played a trumpet and he got real scared. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it, it never fails. I get it around every year and then it trickles in throughout the year. Uh, and I guess it's funny, but yeah, so the rapture is where, you know, during the tribulation, some people believe pre mid post whatever uh but at some point you know jesus calls all the the believers home and um evidently we're all going naked um which seems weird to me but whatever i'd like to think we'd go with dignity and clothes to jesus but whatever um i guess i don't know there's plenty of shame when i'm naked but that's that's beside the point as well but you know, we, we all fly naked up to heaven, and, you know, if we're driving, well, God help the sinner that we hit, because our car's not inhabited anymore. Um, and so that that viewpoint comes from a misconception of scripture, I believe, and then it's been feeded on by Hollywood and pastors who who use scare tactics, if we're going to call a spade a spade, that, that uses scare tactics. Well, I think so, it spearheads a lot from like the 70s, 80s, early 90s, all the end time prophecy books and, you know, and, and that and then the whole like Left Behind series, that all, you know, that, but I go, John, John says in Revelation, he who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity, he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword, he will be killed. And this is the big part, right? This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. So if we're going to be in heaven during the time of the tribulation, missing all of this, why are we called to have patient endurance and faithfulness? Right? Why is why does John say patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints? And I think it started with, I think it's Tim LaHaye who wrote this book, No Fear to Storm, and his teaching was that the the church is not going to be on earth during the time of the great tribulation, and I and I think it goes to that. The word church 
appears in Revelation 1 through 3, doesn't appear again until the eternal state is described in Revelation 22. And that, right, that word church in Greek, ecclesia, means the called out ones, may not appear in those chapters. But the word saints, or agios in Greek, which means the holy ones, does appear. And, and throughout the New Testament, right, believers, Christians, are sometimes called the church. Sometimes they're called the saints. Right? Paul, Paul writes to the, the churches in Galatia, and then he writes to the saints in Ephesus. Um, and so the, word, the words church and saints are used interchangeably throughout the New Testament. This is sort of a nitpicky little way to back this up, right? There's, there, there are no, I don't see anything in Scripture about the, the, the tribulation saints, right? That, that is the, the people who are saved during the tribulation, even though the church has been raptured. That, that is completely a man-made invention. Um, you know, I think the Bible, John clearly says that Christians are going to be on earth during the, you know, if you look through the numbers, it's about a three-and-a-half-year time for the tribulation of the Antichrist. And, and I think it's done this as a service, right? Because this could happen tomorrow. Are we ready? Are we ready to endure the tribulation? Because we think my genes are going to be folded up in a pile and I'm not going to be here. Well, I think a lot of people, I think we think that we are. Well, I can handle it. it, it you know, you've got the, the, the Christian answer. I can handle anything with Jesus on my side. <laughs> and, you know, that sounds great. Um, and I, I I would love to give that Sunday school answer um, because I like to think that I would rely on Jesus. But I just know, like, when things get hard now, like, how, how many times a month do I call you either on my way to work or on my way home from work? And I'm just like, bro. Like now, sometimes it's a, let me tell you about this. Yeah, it's a funny story behind it. But then there are other times that I call you, and I'm just, I'm so defeated and down that I don't know what to do. And so, and and you think like this isn't the tribulation, like this is a hard like, it's just life. And so if I'm having a hard time with normal life. Um, and I have a hard time trusting in Jesus with that. How am I going to do it when, when it's really hard? Right, because I think about, like, how do we not get confused or how do we not become disheartened, right, in the tribulation? Because I think of John the Baptist, right? So think about John the Baptist, right? We know John, John's a blood relative of Jesus's, right? He's related to Jesus. You know, Mary and Elizabeth, their mothers were cousins. I mean, John baptizes Jesus in the Jordan. You know, he sees the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Christ. I mean, he called himself the forerunner of Christ, right? But remember, John's in jail, right? John's in jail because he publicly denounced King Herod's immoral living and his immoral marriage. And he sends this message to Jesus in Matthew eleven three, right? Like, hey, cuz, are you the one who wants to come? You know, me and the Messiah, or or should should we? And really, it's more like it's it's we. But should I expect someone else? Should I be looking for somebody else? Are you really the deal? Like, even though John knew and and preached all this and preached that he was the forerunner and knew all this, 
you know, even we could go back to some of that knew it in the womb when he, he tumbles for joy in his mother's womb at the when Mary when the pregnant Mary walks in. You know, it's funny, I had this exact conversation, um, and and hopefully we gave the same answer um with a client the other day who asked me about that story. Um, and you know, did did John really not know? Like, if he knew and was family with him, why would he ask? And my my response was, it wasn't so much for John. John was in prison. So he had heard all the stories about what Jesus was doing. But it was more or less for his his followers so that they would know. Like, it was, it was a confirmation for them. No, and I think that that's, I think that's solid. I, I, I mean, I'll take my own. It isn't necessarily biblical, but I think there's probably a little tinge of confusion for John, right? John's close to to Jesus. He's a forerunner of Jesus. He's he's a blood relative of the Lord. Like, surely, if a dude's going to be let out of prison, it's going to be John. Oh, absolutely. And when it doesn't happen, I think. I mean, John's also human, right? There's no affinity there. Um, And when he's not, I think John probably just got a little bit confused. Like, hey, is this real? Are you really the one? Like, come on, man, let me out. I see, like, I hear these stories. And I think if John could be confused, you and I can definitely be confused, or, or folks we know who especially folks who think that I'm, I'm not going to have to endure this. I'm not going to have to endure the great tribulation. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I just, you know, and I've had this conversation from a young age when, because, you know, I've had pastors that are pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, and now here I am, uh, no rapture, period. There's a woman at my church who says she's pan-trib because it all pans out in the end. I like that one. That that fits. That tracks. But uh, <clears throat> like, what makes us think that we that we don't deserve to endure? So I I do. I mean, this is clearly a Western phenomenon. Oh, it most certainly I mean, is. Christians, you know, I've spent, I've done some missionary time in, in Central America. This is not a thing, you know, for them. I, I, you know, the, I've met folks who've either come from or did missionary work in, in Africa and Asia. This is not a thing for them, right? They, they are, they're fully expecting um, to endure pain and, and trials due to tribulation. No, because that's really what their life is now. Like, mm-hmm. Are we just spoiled? I think we are. And I think that we get scared and we look for ways to, to ease our fear. And so when we hear that things are going to get really bad, like, I don't, I don't, that doesn't seem attractive and fun. That's not the sexy thing I want to hear. Well, we fall for, I mean, let's pick on Kanye. Christians lost their mind, right? When Kanye drops a, a quote unquote Christian record, which I'm going to tell you, if you want to listen to Christian hip hop, go find yourself a beautiful eulogy record and do not touch that Kanye record. 
to save your life. But right, whenever anything remotely Christian happens in Hollywood or mainstream culture or some star <laughs> comes and says something remotely, if they, they twist scripture or they remotely say something or they come out and say, yeah, I believe, Christians lose their mind. Like, I think that's how we're going to, that we're going to win now because. Oh man, when Yeezy came over, we, th- they was the, that was it. That was the hero. And what does he start doing? He starts touring and having church. That's not church. Like that alone is, is unbiblical. Well, I guess depends. We could have a, I know this other podcast I listened to, the reformatory, they've talked about the, the normative principle, the regulative principle. So I imagine on a recent episode, if you're a backer, the normative principle and anything goes in service, yeah, Yeezy's church is great. Well, it's, probably, it's definitely entertaining. But do we go to church to be entertained? Well, this is America. Should we go to church to be entertained? <laughs> Let me talk to you like I talk to my kids. Do you go to church to be entertained or do you go to church to learn about Jesus? Do you go to church to entertain or do you go to church to love on people that need to be loved on? Because Amen. that's those are two different things. Entertainment is fun, sure. But give me a concert or let me go up to, to Miss Charlotte and hug around her neck and spend some time talking to her, and I'll take Miss Charlotte every day. One thing in Matthew 24, right, in, in, in my CSB that I have in front of me, it's subtitled The Great Tribulation in Matthew 24. But later on, like this, Jesus says, you know, in verses 21 through 25, Jesus says, For at that time there will be great distress, the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again. Unless those days were cut short, no one would be saved. But those days will be cut short because of the elect. If anyone tells you, then see here is the Messiah, or over here, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray. If possible, even the elect. Take note, I have told you in advance. So Jesus is telling us, don't be confused. Like, stick to the game plan. Um, but I do, I, I think that, I think some of these, these modern day sort of theories about things like the rapture and, and just the way, um, you know, I, I mean, there's things going around about hell and all this stuff, you know, that's taught in, in churches and, and it, it, you know, and I think about being the pastor of a normal church, for lack of a better term. I'm not saying these other churches are abnormal, but a normal-sized church, nothing big, nothing fancy. Um, you know, when you see guys or gals with bigger platforms, you know, with pretty teeth, and I I know there's some pastors who wear those Yeezy clothes that look like you're homeless that cost $4,000 for a shirt and $2,000 for sneakers. But, you know, nicer clothes, Fancy haircuts, they're all polished, and they got a bunch of people, they got crowds around them, and they're telling you this stuff. I mean, for the person who's in a normal church with their normal pastor, who are they going to believe? I mean, that's sometimes what it feels like. You mm-hmm. know, 
and and then Jesus tells us, right, in those those verses I just read to you, right? Like I've warned you in advance. It's gonna be look over here, look at this. This you know. I think if if I don't think Jesus would say this, but I think keep on trucking. Keep I don't on know trucking. Yeah, I, you just got to be careful that you're not just getting your ears tickled. You know, I saw the tweet earlier. Let's be honest, like, we may disagree on so many things, right? We might disagree on who can be in leadership. We might disagree on the purpose of communion. We might disagree on whether you should be able to wear shorts on stage never not uh, a hats, man. hats in the building whatever but can we but one thing that we will all agree on Joel Osteen is a heretic <laughs> so that's I feel, the, I feel triggered by that because the shorts on stage was a definite shot at me oh it most certainly is considering I've I preached at a church in shorts and I had no regrets. And my my reasoning behind it is this. God sees me naked. Okay. I'm not gonna preach in the pulpit naked. But I'm gonna when that church was a balmy ninety degrees inside, I'm not wearing pants and a coat. So I think I'm winning in hot takes. I don't know. I I I, I could care less about, or I could not care less about March Madness. I think Chick Fil A is overrated, but we both so agree. Here's we're out. both heretics because we both agree that the rapture is a heresy. Yep. Um. I, here's my. Uh, I think Wendy's chicken nuggets are the superior chicken nugget to as far as fast food restaurants go. Um, we talk about Wendy's for a hot second. Girl, I'll talk about Wendy's all you want. So I went to Wendy's. So all this week I've been at a conference, kind of back and forth between my church and the conference, and I was hungry, and I had like a, a two-hour break for dinner at the conference before they had their night session. And I didn't really want to go anywhere. I walked across the street about a quarter mile down the road to a Wendy's. I haven't been into a Wendy's for years. Man, it was good. Look, Wendy's don't play. I was like... Wow, this is good. Wendy's may be low-key the best fast food joint there is. Uh, but my, my hot take is you you take and you can go spicy or regular. It doesn't matter to me because they're both good. But for sake of argument, let's go regular chicken nugget. Put it against Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Arby's, whatever. I don't know. Those Chick-fil-A nuggets are good. When I say oh. Chick Fil A is overrated, it's the sandwich. The Chick Fil A nuggets are good, but Wendy's nuggets are good. So this is what I want you to do before we record again. I want you to do. I, I want you to go to Wendy's and the Holy Bird, and I want you to get nuggets, and I want you to eat them side by side, and I want to be on the. I want to be on the call with you when you do this, and I want you to look me dead in the eye and tell me that I'm wrong, because you can't. Well, can I, I can I give you another Chick Fil A hot take? What's that? I had this week. All right, so for some reason, I have this love hate relationship with cauliflower. I think it's gross, but if it's made really well, it's awesome. 
Like if when you I was, say what I think you're gonna say, you're dead. Oh, the Chick Fil A cauliflower sandwich is legit. It's you. really good. You're dead to me. <laughs> it's so good. I don't, even, I don't even know you anymore, Chad. I, I guess I guess I am the hipster after all. I've lost any hillbilly cred. Don't even ever say that you're the hillbilly. You run your trout line, you vegan. The trout line. <laughs> Lord, who hurt you, Chad? <laughs> well, then, I just realized I don't need. I'm glad my dad doesn't know what a podcast is because he's been like, "You cauliflower sandwiches, and I'm carrying a French pocket knife." I am now Mr. McCool's son, not you, not you. Me, look, I am the captain now. If we had, if there was any controversy, it has fully been established now that I've lost. Uh, another chick. Since we're on Chick Fil A, let's just stay on them. By the way, I love Chick Fil A. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying I don't like them, but like, I'll tell but you, you like the best them. chicken sandwich. If you have one, is a Shake Shack. You're gonna pay through the nose, but Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A is not cheap anymore either. But no. If you walk into heaven, there is a side by side Chick Fil A Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> that, that is heaven. I don't know about Krispy Kreme. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out a ship loose from Texas. Hot and ready Krispy Kreme donuts. I, I would eat 200 of those in one sitting, and then I would be diabetic too. And then you'd be in heaven. And the, yeah. Then I'm Jesus. Uh, what, what brought you here so early, Andy? <laughs> donuts. Um, all the donuts. All the donuts. Not just a few. I had all of the donuts. Uh, no. So it took me a while to try it. Um, and actually, I think I tried it with you for the first time. Now, you have to take the pickles off, because I don't know who puts pickles on chicken. It's gross. Every southerner. Well, it's gross. So you make a southern chicken sandwich. Well, it's stupid. But Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, they're good. For fast food, they're good. Is superior to Chick-fil-A's. I did not take communion to church one Sunday. Because Saturday, the, the Friday before church, me and a student went to Popeye's and I got the sandwich with the spicy mayonnaise on the side because that stuff will light you up. Um, and I decided that, and we did, we did the side by side. We split a Chick-fil-A sandwich and a Popeye sandwich. And I determined that the Popeye's was better. And I was like, I can't, I can't take communion this week. I I've I've fallen short. Wait, you do know Chick Fil A puts pickles on their chicken sandwich, right? Not when I order it without pickle. Oh yeah, okay. I will say now that I get a that I get a decent discount at Chick Fil A. Um, I go there way more than I ever have. So my love and loyalty can be bought. And Chick Fil A has good ice and Coke Zero. Their sweet tea is legit. And nothing says America like giving a kid a book in a in a uh, kids meal instead of a toy, but then being like, "Oh, we don't want to push literacy, so you can give us our book back, and we'll give you a free ice cream cone." That is the most American thing I've ever heard. They should have Wilford Brimley be there. They could resurrect Wilford Brimley, and he could be their spokesperson. And it's like Chick Fil A. Look, I, I just. 
I just recently found out they did that, and I Loki have thought multiple times in the last month about going to Chick Fil A and ordering a kids meal with an extra sandwich, and then going to get ice cream at the end. And he just repented. No, <laughs> you need to repent. All right, so those are our, our our mild or not so mild hot takes. Do you have any other? Well, no, you hate Star Wars. And... I do hate Star Wars. Yeah, I just, I just think Chick Fil A's overrated. The chicken sandwich, the cauliflower sandwich is lit. You, yeah, <laughs> no credibility. I don't even know you anymore, Chad. <laughs> Let's talk NFL. I, I had this, I had this other layer in my searching for an NFL team. Jets now you going with them with the Appalachia Sam? Well, Appalachia Sam said this as a thing, so I thought, you know what? I want an NFL team that has no taxpayer money in a stadium, and there's only a handful of teams that have literally paid their stadiums themselves, and some are on technicalities like Washington, although that FedEx Field was built with taxpayer money. Daniel Snyder paid for it, bought it dollar for dollar back from the city. So he reimbursed the city when he bought them. Um, and so it's like the Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the New York Giants have all not used taxpayer money to build a stadium. But before I was even thinking this, I was like, well, wait, the Jets are renters. They don't even have a stadium. They rent from the Giants. They and, do rent and they get hosed. And they get hosed by the Giants. I mean, when I lived in New Jersey in old Giants Stadium, when it was like, I, I don't even want to think what it costs to pay for parking at Giants Stadium, but it was 10 bucks to park at Giants Stadium for Giants or Jets games. And the Giants got like $8 of every car parked at a Jets game. Like the Jets couldn't even make money off the parking lot. They get money off of concessions at Jets games. Like, like you, if you sell Jets jerseys on a Sunday at Giants Stadium, the Giants are getting a piece. That's because the Maras know how to do business. I know. So I, I think I think it's going to happen. I'm going to I'm going to listen to Twitter from the first time when I was on Twitter, and Twitter's the algorithm just assumed I was a Jets fan. And I'm going to listen to our OG. He he is our OG first Twitter follower. And that was the first vote. And I, I think I'm going to throw my hat in the ring this season. It was not, he was not the first vote, sir. Oh, you were. I was the first vote, sir. <laughs> you were. I, I think I'm going to go for the Jets. You just keep ripping my heart out. I just. But I have an opportunity to see the Jets here. The Jets are playing the Broncos this year. And so when the Broncos put on their half price single game tickets, I'm going to buy tickets to see the Jets and then take friend of the show, Alex, who I told Alex to sell me on the Broncos. You know what he's thinking? You know how he sold me on the Broncos? Actually, multiple Broncos fans, this has been their, this has been their case for me to be a Broncos fan. Well, you live here. <laughs> I'm like, way to go. No history, camaraderie. Like, well, you do. Alex's thing was, you do what you want to do. You live here. You might as well. That was it. No loyalty to his team. I mean that I get it. That was uh when we lived in Terre Haute, that was Jason's push for me to root because I refused to root for ISU. 
And he was like, man, one, you live here. It's your hometown team. Yeah, but college teams are different. If you went to a college that, especially you went to a college that was in their conference, nah, you're, you're not going. His, his other argument was they paid my mortgage. I mean, that's true. Um, and Dr. Wife got her doctorate from there. But uh, I still still can't do it. Can't can't do it. Won't do it. So uh, I'm I'm think I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Jets a shot. And now and you know, but I think in typical Chad fashion, right? Because you know I'm dead inside for baseball because Sugar Diaz is probably gonna he get gone. his leg cut off. He gone. Um, Mets are gonna met even in the World <laughs> Baseball Classic. <laughs> Which is why I'm totally opposed to it. Like, I was really hoping the U.S. lost because I'm like, please, I prayed for Pete Alonso last night. I'm like, please, Lord, let him come back to Florida in one piece. And I don't do those prayers. He's like, oh, for forever, right? Like, he still doesn't yeah. have it. Yeah, not in the World Baseball Classic. Not having a good classic. But, hey, man, uh, I love the World Baseball Classic, but I uh, – they should only use minor leaguers. Why? Because of the other league. The, because the, this is what happened. Look, can we talk? Can we? Let's hold on. Let's stop. The Czech Republic. They don't have a single professional athlete on their team. Right. I loved it. Their third baseman was like, oh, I'm in sales, but I play third base. Well, was there a, a kid on like the Nicaraguan team who wasn't a professional? And he got signed. Yeah, from this. But, I mean, that was great. Let it be a showcase for young talent. They had a pitcher who was my age, throwing seventy-eight miles an hour, who was a high school algebra teacher. Yeah, see, there's hope. I can still play shortstop. I can play shortstop in the World Baseball Classic. And you. Would rip a hammy right off playing shortstop. What's better me than Sugar Diaz or Pete Alonso or anybody else? I'm trying to think. I don't. There aren't many Braves still. Acuna is on Venezuela. And if he goes down, I might riot. Yeah, then you'll hate the one baseball club. I won't because it's meaningful baseball early, and I I appreciate that. So, but uh, yeah. So my point is, I do think what's going to happen because now I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to I'm I'm going to be a Jet. The Jets will be my team. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming, <laughs> and I'm probably going to be rooting for a, a six and twelve team. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be bad. And I'm going to laugh. I do like green. I do remember the New York Stock Exchange. I'm old enough to remember the New York Stock Exchange. Well, yeah, you're old enough to be my grandfather. Like, calm down I'm there. Not. I'm old enough to be your father. Like... <laughs> my kids call you Grandpa Chad now. You don't know. Uh, I hate you. I hate Dad, you. Where's Grandpa? When's Grandpa Chad coming to visit? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> uh, all so right, that's, that's all my hot takes. I've ripped your heart out. I hate Chick-fil-A. I don't believe in the rapture. I hate March Madness. And now I'm a Jets fan.
So the way you just said all of that, I just need you to know you sound like a very sad, bitter man. <laughs> I'm, old, I'm old, angry, and cynical. Man. Get off my lawn. You're like Clint Eastwood. You just got the double barrel. Yeah, I'm the Gran Torino. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. I'm just staring <laughs> at you from my porch. Neighborhood sure has changed. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, before I get in trouble... It's good to be on with you tonight. Uh, you you broke my heart multiple times. I'll see if I can get over it. What are you and Keith start a podcast? Yes, yeah, I guess I'm going to replace you with Keith. I'll get Bryce. <laughs> uh, I don't know that Bryce would trust you after your Chick Fil A comments. I think you may have lost Bryce. I'll no, because I took Bryce to bird call. Here in Colorado, so he's had the superior, he superior chicken sandwich. That is a dang good chicken sandwich, and they're milkshakes, man. That's the sandwich you referenced with Alex. Is, oh, yeah, that is a good chicken sandwich. That's the place that we went, and their floor was so slick that I like biffed it twice, right? Yeah, it's like it's like the Denny's in Terre Haute on the south side of Terre Haute. It was perpetually wet and slippery. I mean, that's one of the few times I've ever fallen in a restaurant, but I went down hard. Yeah, their floor was wet. Because I think they had something. I forgot what they said. Something happened. That well, and it, was, it was snowy when I was yep. there. So. You had that spring snowstorm because the Mets got snowed out. So, Well, on that note, hit us up with your hot takes. Let us know what, what kind of hot takes you have. You can hit us up on the Twitter at Hill Hipster Pod. Uh, you can also email those to us at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Uh, and Chad, since I took your 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 fire there, I saw it in your eyes. You're doing my job. I was ready. Uh, I'm going to let you have the last word tonight, you heresy traitor you. Well, don't forget to check out the, the wonderful stuff at St. Gagano Armory. Um, and check them out on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, get off my law. I'm going to Huddle House. Leave me alone. Have a great week, guys. Stay blessed. We love you. Uh, be blessed.